Hello, everyone. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball After Dark. This is Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe. It is about 10.30 on Wednesday night, February 15th. The Dallas Mavericks just played their final game before the All-Star break where they lost to the Denver Nuggets 118-109. to How you doing, Josh? I am thankful that the break has come for us all. That's the best thing I, just, I can say, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 even unclear how to talk about that game. It's one of the worst <laughs> basketball games I've ever watched. Uh I think it's kind of a I mean, it's a miracle the Mavericks that the I mean, I don't think the Mavericks I think the Nuggets had one 20 plus point lead. Like I think they were up 21 for like a minute. Uh-huh. And then that was it. Like if you watch this game without looking at the scoreboard, you would you would think for most of it, the Mavericks were down by like 30 points. Like, uh, so I guess testament to the Mavericks for keeping it closer than they maybe should have. I don't know, but yeah, it was big. Uh, I don't know who said it. Someone on Twitter said it and I apologize whoever said it. I'm stealing your joke, but it was like big out of office vibes. Uh, <laughs> this game, like setting your outlook for that office, automatic emails and, and, and trying to sneak out of the office. I mean, it was it was one of these games that felt pretty destined when we learned early afternoon that Kyrie Irving appeared on the injury report late with back tightness. He went from questionable to out, which, I mean, there's nothing really to say on this because sometimes your body doesn't feel good and there's really no reason to play <clears throat> if right. you're not, you know. Especially with a back, if it feels tight. just Yeah, backs are just, backs are one of those things you don't fuck <clears throat> around with. So when, when Kyrie was out, it was pretty frustrating at that point of the day, though, because Reggie Bullock was listed as questionable. Christian Wood was listed as questionable with a non-COVID illness, which I don't know what he is doing to get non-COVID illnesses at this rate. <laughs> but, but, br- buddy, wash your hands. That's going to be my my first thought. Like, drink like, more water. <laughs> drink more water. Do something. Like, I, it, he's played almost. I think he's played every time. So I'm, I, I shouldn't be yeah, too hard on it's him just here, but. It is funny because it's like, like, what is a non-COVID illness? Because your mind goes, like, as a parent, my mind goes to, like, 13 places. As a normal functioning adult, it's like, okay, well, he just probably didn't feel good and then reported it to the coaching staff, and then they have to, like, they have to, to talk about it. Anyway, both those guys ended up playing, um, and, you know, you, you thought, you know, the Mavericks might have a chance. They actually played okay in the first quarter, and they just got <laughs> blanked in the second quarter. And they got blanked, and let me tell you guys, it was really shocking how that happened. Luka Doncic wasn't on the floor and everyone else sucked ass. And that was the ball game. Yeah. I mean, no Kyrie, uh, no Tim Hardaway Jr., no Maxi Kleba, obviously. And then, of course, you know, with the trade for Kyrie, you know, you're down to start, you know. So no Dorian. Um, yes. So, yes. like, this was – this is probably the most shorthanded they've been in – this might have been the most shorthanded they've been all season. Might have been uh, right, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was it was one of those things where, like, I'm sure that there's a lot we could maybe nitpick to death, but at the end of the day, I don't know what res- there. I don't know if there's anything that could have changed the results of this game. And you're right, you know, me and you were a little optimistic before the game started because the Mavericks play Denver well with Luca in the Luca era, and Luca plays Denver well, and with no Aaron Gordon for Denver who's the only guy on that roster that can do anything against Luka. We're like, okay, maybe Luka scores a million points and they win. Luka did score a bunch. I mean, he had 37 on 22 shots. He had a really good offensive game, but um, that was it. No other. 
Yeah, no Fox other Wilson. starter double figures. Woo, was... That's classic Mavericks. Just, yeah. I mean, one, one, I mean, three points from Bullock, eight points from Powell, four points from Frank, Frank Nilakina, which shout out to Jason Kidd, outstanding troll job playing Frank Nilakina. Uh, and then Josh Green, six points. And it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's really funny that the Mavericks had four players in double figures, and two of those four played a combined twenty-five minutes. Yeah. Um, so the only like people that played twenty minutes in this game, only two of them scored in double figures, Wood and, and Luca. So, yeah. Well, it's it's really fun. I mean, this game is just the perfect fodder for the for the continuing discussion of this team. No other starter had a free throw, so congratulations there, boys. Um, no other start like Dwight Powell had at least rebound. Luca didn't rebound the ball very well tonight. Also, didn't seem to. Luca was like ball hunting too. He had four steals. I mean, this is just one of those games that felt pretty destined after yeah. that after that first quarter. And I will say, it's like like it. It's like Kid is insulating himself from criticism with some of these roster, like with some of these these rotations that he's playing. Because you noted at one point that Theo Penson and AJ Lawson were sharing the floor together. And that just can't happen. Like, I don't care who else you have on the team. That cannot happen. You cannot have your G League player and then Theo Pinson, who is like a G League plus player at best, you know, 0 for 5 from the floor in 20 minutes with four assists. Congratulations, big guy. Um, I, I just, you know, Drew Hall or um Holiday didn't play at all and he was available. Uh, which I, I, I can't say I understand that because if he's available and getting up shots. It's not like the normal I, – I hear where Kid is coming from because he normally doesn't like to play guys without at least getting a walkthrough in, but they need functional bodies. 13 <laughs> minutes of McKinley Wright, 12 minutes of A.J. Lawson, 24 minutes of, of Jaden Hardy. Like, I'm sorry, you could have squeezed some minutes from that stone. Maybe. Maybe it was more – I mean, he literally flew in to Denver. Like, I mean, yes. he didn't join the team. No, you're right. Maybe it was more like, I don't want this guy to like pull a hamstring because he's not physically prepared to play in a game tonight. Um, But yeah, I know what you mean. Well, then that's where I'm like, this is just like kid, kid insulating himself from criticism because he'll be able to throw up his hands and be like, well, I don't know. Just didn't have any guys to play. And my brain (laughs) immediately goes to the fact where it's like, you had to agree to the Christian Wood trade because that wouldn't have happened without your okay. Sorry. We just know this because Nico Harrison and he were, um, it's just this sort of thing that that ends up challenging me because he played a role in the roster construction. So he insulates himself from criticism by talking about, okay, and you know, if he does, he may not have anything to say uh, just because it's like all-star break where it's, oh, well, you know, a lot of guys out due to injury, which is true. But then the guys who were remaining on the team, he had to agree to be on the team. <laughs> so I, I just, I don't know. I, this is more me whinging at the situation because I just I'm to the point to where I find this team really, really not very fun to watch. And I think that has much more to do with all-star break than anything else. And and maybe that's how the Mavericks felt too. Yeah. Uh I think the big, you know, I think that was pretty evident. Even the I mean, Denver too. Yeah. It was really funny. Denver really wanted to play that fourth quarter without Jokic going back into the game and they had to play him and they had to put it back in. <laughs> uh, I'm sure uh, I'm sure Mike Mullenden is isn't yelling at someone in the locker room about that right now yep. um, knowing knowing his uh, temperament so that was kind of funny so it was it was both both teams were going through it a, a little bit there um, yeah in terms of like what to talk about though you know it is it's really hard and 
you know, Christian Wood continuing to be the the third big in the rotation. Um, it's weird. Uh, I know we both kind of have some conflicting feelings on Wood, but you know they they tried McGee and he had like a like a nice little two game resurgence, and then since then it's been nothing. Uh-huh. And I get the trepidation with Wood. I understand that his agent is a pain in the ass. I understand that like you he just play, doesn't no. play defense. Yeah, like when you're missing so many guys, like who cares if he can't? Like no one's guarding the rim. Like no, I mean, they could have won this game. Like they really could have won this game if there was any sort of impetus to win, and they just didn't play that way. It was like they're playing to get to All Star break, and I understand it. But 22 minutes from Wood in a game where you have no help is is really is really maddening. And you lose by nine. So like. And he scored mm-hmm. what? Thir- he had 17 points. He scored, he, like, I think, like 13 of them in the Classic fourth. Christian Wood fourth yeah. quarter. Like, just scoring <laughs> a ton of points when it doesn't fucking matter is, <laughs> is perfect. Now, that that aside, so I think we can both agree that he needs to play more and earlier. He When he does play, he needs to not be soft. He needs to rebound. He needs to box out. He needs to play hard. Thomas yeah. Bryant punked him a couple of times. Yeah, he only had four rebounds in 22 minutes. That's not going to cut it. He doesn't box out. Like, you watch him, and he just gets bodied. He has high hips, and he's he's physically weak. But some of it comes from just paying attention, and he doesn't. And, and like, the discourse the past two days, which you and I have managed to avoid mostly, has been, like, multi-layered, where at the top of it, it's like Kyrie and Luke with a bunch of people, like, slapping their heads together when, you know, the defense is what matters followed by whether Christian Wood should play more. You know, there's a story out. I don't even know where he gave the quote, but I saw on DallasBasketball.com where it's like he's almost surely gone, to which I say, so what? He has played for eight teams, and we're watching why. I I don't know. I I, I find myself very challenged by that level of discourse because it's like if you need this guy this much, then your season is not in a good place. Yeah, I've gone from like, you know, when he had that early, you know, in November when he was really playing well and still kind of getting a minute shaft, I was really like, okay, what's going on here? Yeah. Um, But now, you know, since then, he's kind of tapered out a little bit and his his flaws have have shown just as much of his strengths. Sure. And the whole team's flaws have shown. So it's not like he's alone in this. Yeah. And so like I've gone from like, oh my God, they have to re-sign him. You know, they can't lose him for nothing to like, I don't really care anymore. No. It's not a big deal to me um but the the thing that's just really bizarre is if this is how they feel about him and it's very like we're in the Nerlens noel zone of like like this marriage is over and we're just trying to ride this out to the finish line you know uh-huh. like i don't understand why they didn't just trade him for for scraps like just, well, i mean i can answer just, that question i can answer that question mark Cuban no, feels the need to win every possible trade when he doesn't win <sighs> trades they don't make trades yeah. Like the Nico quotes about Kyrie and such, where it's like, we saw no risk in this move. I mean, we've not really talked about this stuff because I'm trying to like not lose my shit over it. But well, that's it's, just public facing GM talk. It's like, public, yeah. It's say? it's it's exactly what it is. And that's fine. Where it's just you know, they weren't able to trade they weren't able to trade wood because there was no return for wood. They were not able to trade hardaway because there was no return for hardaway. People were probably probably i can't say this for certain demanding assets for both that's how not good they are 
couldn't even dump him for a couple of second rounders or a second rounder or something like I mean, that. When like, you see how many second rounders were traded on a day like that, and then the fact that the Mavericks weren't involved, that should say a lot to yeah. all of us. I think know? our staffer Ben uh, Zadell made a good point that maybe it was simply not that they couldn't get like a second rounder for him, but that they just couldn't find a good money deal because obviously you have to the salaries are difficult right like maybe they maybe a team offered them something but it was like you're gonna have to take back this crappy salary for the next two or three years in the matter we want like hardy or something yeah or maybe yeah the matter like if if it's the choice between christian trading christian wood for some second rounders and then a a contract that goes two or three more years that you don't want i I get it then so maybe that's fine but it's just so it's just so weird to see the disconnect because like it's obvious kid doesn't want him on the team. No. And and it's just so and I just hate that. Like maybe there is a maybe there reaches a point where it's like, okay, maybe we do take the L and we trade him for like an undesirable contract because what if I mean I don't know, I'm not gonna say it's gonna happen because he's actually been pretty good with his public comments, but like it just can't be good for the locker room to have that kind of tension hanging around, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. weird. Well, and and what we're seeing to a degree. And I'm projecting. I know nothing, but I have read a lot. And so it, it, it's, it drives me crazy when people tell me things that are on public record are not true, where it's like there's an entire book that about Giannis Antetokounmpo, where you see Jason Kidd's actions. There's a lot of reported work done about Brooke, uh, a kid's time in Brooklyn about how – it's just he was a difficult coach. There was a reason he was out of the league for a year. Jeannie Buss saved his coaching career. No one wanted him. The Mavericks were the only team to offer him a head coaching stint. We have to acknowledge these things, okay? And so what we're sort of seeing to a degree is how Kid treats the back half of a roster, which he treats it as expendable because, and, and I'm going to be candid, he's not wrong. But, <laughs> but... It still sucks to watch. That's all. It sucks to watch. Like, I don't want to see, I don't want to see Wood treated this way, but anybody who thinks that it's surprising has not been paying attention. Yeah. I mean, it happened. I mean, this happened, right? But in training, like, it's been like this since training camp. I remember, like, kid was like, Wood's not going to start. And I was like, huh? Excuse like, excuse me? Like, he's your, he's literally your biggest move of the offseason. And back then, you know, pre Kyrie trade when, everyone's looking at this roster minus Jalen Brunson and it's like how are you going to compete like with this talent downgrade unless you start Christian Wood and they were like nope and he never did really until he kind of had to when there were some injuries and McGee was just so unplayable at certain stretches and and Maxi Kleba got hurt uh but other like you know it's been kicking and screaming this kid with, with trying to get Wood where we think he his minutes should play and then the thing that sucks is like we find ourselves arguing about this guy who's just not mattered in the no. for seven. You know what I mean? Like no. it feels so silly to waste this energy on this guy who talented as he is, like he's he's not making or breaking your season. You know, he's like, really like, not. He's like, really not. And then you know, <laughs> and like we know enough now because it's been report like you and I know this, I know this in particular, but like we know that his agent has been driving people up a wall. Like that has been all but said in repeated articles to a degree he messaged me last time he messaged me was christian wood is the greatest player luka Doncic has ever played with <laughs> yeah that's the last one i got too <laughs> l-o fucking l so, <laughs> so it's funny. like you have you have these like like unstoppable force meets immovable object in terms of just people being buttheads 
and you just roll your eyes at it where I just, I team building is so freaking difficult. I understand that. But then it's like, when you talk about these moves and you go from one to another and it's like, how did they do this? Why would they agree to this? If this was the outcome. Yeah. And the, and what makes it even weirder with the wood discussion is it's like, they traded uh, the 26 overall pick and you look, you know, you can look at the draft and be like, well, it doesn't look like they're missing too bad. Like there's maybe like three or four names that you would, that maybe yeah. think about, but Nico's already been on the record saying they would have picked Hardy at 26. So like, which, I mean, I just like, okay, sure. Which was, that's not even a reach. He was, he was, he was projected yeah. to be in the, the 15 to, to 20, you know, to 30 range. So sure. like that wouldn't have been a bad pick. So like, think about it. If that would have happened, like, if they didn't do the wood trade and they picked Hardy at 20, like the roster is the same just without wood, yep. like they're not out any assets. So it's like, it, it truly might be the, the kind of trade where they really didn't really lose anything for it yeah. other than just kind of creating a headache for us watching it. Um, yeah. But it's, so that's what makes it even harder to talk about because it, like, you know, if they traded away, All right. if Hardy was like, let's say they already had that second, like they didn't need to trade into the second round. Then you're like, okay, they lost the chance to draft another young player basically, but they didn't, you know, they, they traded up to get, they traded back into the draft to get Hardy. They said they were going to pick Hardy if they didn't trade the pick. So like, it sucks, but it's like, you're not really like, if they lose this trade, they're not really losing anything. Uh, if that makes sense. So, so it that does. makes all the hubbub about it even more bizarre, you know? Yeah. It's just weird. And there's not much else to talk about in the game like this. No, so there's we not. Have to, and you, we have you to wonder, I, I do want to address here. one thing. So so Kevin O'Connor went on his Ringer podcast show and basically said that he doesn't think this works for the Mavericks, meaning trading for Kyrie. And he said the Mavericks have no depth, no coaching, no defense. And I spent a good, not a good chunk, but enough of today talking to a couple of friends who that really upset and I'm sitting here going, why <laughs> they don't have good depth. They don't have good coaching. They aren't able to play good defense. That aside, you understand from the, not you meaning that like we as fans understand that when you have two of the best players in the NBA on the court, some of that shit just doesn't matter. Right? Like that's kind of the plan, at least for this season. Right? Yeah, I think so. Um, it, the Kyrie trade kind of felt like a... I mean, before the Durant trade that happened, it did kind of feel like, a, hey, the West is wide open. Let's do this. Let's just talent this up, and we need to do this for Luca anyway. Yeah. And then after the Durant trade, it kind of felt like, okay, maybe next summer is when they like can put it together because it's just going to be really hard. Like, you know, like you said, they just... They traded yeah, two starters for one. Yeah. I don't like. I've, I've you can't fix a team at one trade deadline, you, and there's a lot to fix. See right? that? Yes, and that's the key, and that's where it's just like this is a step in a process, and maybe it's a step forward, and maybe it's a step back in the long term. But I at least understand why they took the took the trade. So it's it's just like the Chris Stapps Porzingis thing. I didn't like that trade either. Okay, but I understood the swing. And so you have to make these swings. And then at a certain point, you hope you have to connect. That's why I keep saying team building is very hard. I get very upset because when these things don't work and I'm told, well, it did work. <laughs> Who could have predicted that? <laughs> Who could have predicted the thing that was clear? 
which yeah. you know, like if Kyrie goes to the Lakers, we're going to be talking about that. I'm sorry, like that exists, but right now I have no reason to think that because I've I've, I've enjoyed sort of the the games we've seen played. So the path now is to go is to let these guys go, you know, experience All Star break, like yeah. maybe regather, like you know, some 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 of their sense a little bit. The main thing, and, and my my friend Jazz pointed this out today, where it's just like they they've not been able. They don't have any time together, really. There's been zero <laughs> practice, and yeah. and it's like it, maybe we need to sort of settle down a little bit before, um, before we really you know figure out whether or not this team can or can't play. I, I I'm not. They haven't had their full complement rotations since the first week of December. Yeah. So, like Dorian, I think Josh got hurt. Then Dorian got hurt. Then Maxi got hurt, and. Since the you know Dorian and Josh come back, Maxi's still hurt. Uh, Luca gets hurt. Uh, Dorian gets traded. Tim gets hurt. Maxi still like they haven't played. Like they haven't had a game where they're like, all right, we got all our horses. So maybe they come out of the other side of this All Star break. Maybe Tim's ready. Although you know hamstrings can be tricky. I mean, just look at Zion Williamson. He's been hurt for a while. So you hope maybe Tim's ready. Uh, you hope. You know, Kyrie should be okay. Lucas should be well rested because I mean, it's pretty obvious that the heel thing was probably still bothering him a little bit. He came down once, he kind of limped up the floor that way. Yeah, I've he been, needs. I've been thinking about that. Off. Yeah, so maybe if you come out of this All Star break and Tim's healthy, and maybe Maxie's healthy. I think Maxie has been saying post All Star break, maybe it's maybe it's a couple of weeks afterwards, maybe it's the end of February, but. Once they get to that point, then it's like, okay, let's see. But what sucks is it's like once they get to that point, there's going to be like 15 games left in the regular season. It's like how, you know, how are you going to be able to judge a team based off that short amount of time? So this is why, you know, I can't believe I'm saying this again, but this is why when the team was healthy in October and November. They needed to win more. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they needed to win more. I, I think someone tweeted at me that they were 14 and 13 when Maxi got hurt. Um, and they've been 17 and 16 since, so it's like, whew, like obviously Maxi hurts, but they've they've still kind of been the same team a little bit in a, in a couple different ways, although the defense has really fallen off. But so yeah, you know it stinks, and, and it's like you know be patient, get these guys back, and that's true. But they're eighth, and it's like if they they finish in the play, and that's when it's like okay, now now you're playing with fire because. You have one bad night where you just you shoot twenty percent from three, irregardless of what the other team is doing. You just happen to have a cold night and your season's over. So yep. that the goal for for I think this team is just get healthy over the All Star break and just get to six. Like they just they have like I know that this team probably has grander aspirations than that, but they just have to get out of the play in. Like that's their, they just have to figure out a way to do that in the second half of the season. We'll see if they can. So I wanted to make one more point because I, I was told this today okay. and I need to share it because I think it's good. Um, my friend Jazz, smart lady, said a number of things to me today and I wrote a number of them down and I wanted to credit her to it where she said, you know, when we're talking about the Luca Kyrie offense, which all of us understand that it's going to be okay. The discourse has gotten ugly because people are odd, but she made the point of saying, you know, Luca has played a certain way for five years so it's gonna take um it's gonna take more than a week for him to figure out how to do things differently. Right. And I thought that was really good. 
Yeah, and in, and by the way, in those five games, when they're on the floor, they're scoring a, a shit ton of points, despite the fact that they're still figuring it out. So, yeah, that part will be uh, fine. Just a weird, yeah. You know what? We got all-star break. I'm going to figure out some people to talk to during it. Um, I don't really care about Friday or Saturday. I, I'm, I am going to watch the game, though. Cause I, I, yeah, because Luka and Kyrie... Luca body language during All Star games is one of my favorite things. It's actually if you can if you can find time to watch the practice, which is usually on NBA TV, and that's on Saturday, is really cool. It's really cool because it just shows these guys BSing together, and that's fun. Yeah, and, and I appreciate that Luca has carried the torch from Dirk Nowitzki of being like the best player on the planet that doesn't do anything in All Star in All Star no, games. Because it's, it's entirely like shot dependent. And you remember yeah. when Dirk got in during his sort of like send-off party him and d-wade and like dirk actually that was the best all-star game <laughs> dirk might have ever played when he was 40 years old because he just yeah. hit buckets finally yeah because the all-star games are about dunks and threes and like yeah. dirk obviously shot threes but he didn't you know he just kind of it's a rhythm thing like you miss yeah. your first two you're not going to get more shots so if if like luca comes out and like connects on one one of these games i i wouldn't be shocked if he actually has a good all-star game at some point during his career but his game is not made for it all right, and to kind of sum everything up, I just saw someone ask Luca in the post game what he looks forward to playing in his fourth NBA All Star game, and he said Sunday when I fly to Mexico. So L O L, great <laughs> stuff, Luca. Great. The NBA has really done a great job of making sure people are not interested in their product. <laughs> this sort of stuff. I just us hardcore lunatics are going to keep coming back, but like the casual fan, like what a turn off. Thanks, Luca. Shout out to you, big guy. <laughs> all right this has been kirk and josh come to maz Moneyball. we got a couple interesting posts up um you know but we're all pretty dragon ass too so we'll we'll see how we do the next couple of days and uh hopefully we'll see you guys at some point when we do a live show maybe i'll do something after the all-star game everybody be good and we'll talk soon go mavs